Greetings in our wonderful for our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Without any waste of time, let's close our eyes for a word of prayer. Almighty God, I want to thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for this precious evening, Lord. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for giving us another opportunity to come into your house, Lord. Only, Heavenly Father, to hear your word and to worship you, Lord Jesus Christ. We are so happy for such a privilege, oh God. As we know, Heavenly Father, it's only your word, Lord Jesus, that can sanctify us. It's by your word we are changed from glory to glory, oh God. And you say, Heavenly Father, may shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of your mouth, oh God. So we know, Lord Jesus Christ, few words from you, Lord Jesus Christ, is life, oh God. May you come down tonight, Lord Jesus Christ, and feed us, oh Father, because we know, Lord Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father, you say, it will come a time, Heavenly Father, where people will be hungry, Lord, for the word. But we are such a privileged people that all oh, what the bride needs is there in the tapes and the spoken words. Amen. Heavenly Father, come down, Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, and use me as a vessel, oh God. As I know, Heavenly Father, as a mortal man, there's nothing I can give to the congregation. But you can speak to them in such a way that, Lord, when we went, go out, Heavenly Father, can say truly it was necessary to be in the house of the Lord. Bless your church tonight. Bless your people and bless everybody. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. 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 Well, without any waste of time, uh, let's take our Bibles. Before we go to the scripture, I just want to. Uh, to acknowledge the pastor for giving me this opportunity to stand before the children of God and also appreciating uh, his effort actually bringing the conference around us. You know how it was such a blessing. We learn a lot and he, we know how the prophet says God always meets a desperate soul. So we know that it is very important uh, for every human being to just have that relationship with God, especially in these closing days of time. Amen. Still also with the revival of fires from Sunday, from Brother Solomon uh, Maslavi, when he preached about the bride. The bride is us. Amen. Let's go to Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. And Luke chapter 2. Verse 25. Okay, we'll start with Habakkuk chapter 2. Verse 2 to 3. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 to 3. If you are there, say amen. amen. Okay, the Bible says here, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon the tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak. And not lie, though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, and it will not tarry. Luke chapter 2, from verse 25. Luke chapter 2, from verse 25. The Bible says here, 
And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. It was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people. May God be blessed by the reading of the word of God. May you take our seats. Okay, tonight we are going to speak about a simple subject, driven by promise. Driven by promise. Uh, as all we know that as we gather together in this house of the living God, outside there's a lot of vehicles, different ones. And those vehicles, they didn't just come alone. There was somebody that was driving it for them to be here. So, it's like our life, we've got something that drives us to be what we're supposed to be. We as believers, we depend on the Spirit of God to drive us to do the will of God. And to those people that are unbelievers, they're being driven by the evil spirits to do whatever they are doing. So it depends what is driving you. So as believers, we are being driven by the promises of God. Every believer in whatever promise that is in the Bible, we believe it and we will make sure that it will come to materialize. Because if the Lord has spoken, then that settles it. Then we will check here what the uh, prophet says in the spoken word, believing God. Chapter 30, paragraph 108. It is saying here, where, <coughs> believe in God, chapter 30, one, paragraph 108, it's saying, when there is 600 and something promised directly to the church in the last days, that these things will take place, and this power is just the same, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, Believe you receive them. If you abide in me and my word in, in you, ask what you will and it will be done unto you. The things that I do shall you also. Greater than this, when I go to my father, lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the world. Wherever two or three are gathered together in my name and agree upon anything and ask, then shall we receive it. So the prophet here is clearly telling us that there's 600 promises in the Bible. And those promises belong to us. So we know that there's something good about our God. We know God is different from a man. God is not a man that he can lie. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. And he said, let every man's word be a lie and his word be true. So we know that uh, there's something that we can hang our soul to. That is the word of God. Every human being can fail, but God himself cannot fail. Because God himself, he believed his own word. You understand? And also he says, though the vision tarries, 
But when the time comes, it will come to, to materialize. So those are the promises that we rely on. To know that we are believing a God that cannot fail. So as believers, our focus is the word of God. You remember there's this animal called the lion. A lion, whenever it is in need of a prey, it works with what we call a, a focus. If, if ever there's a lot of deers and it needs one deer to eat, it will just target one deer. No matter it's at the front or at the middle, if it just target that uh, only animal, it will rain hard until it catches such a one. That's, a problem, uh, that's the, the same thing with the believers. Our target is the word of God. Our focus is on the word of God. We know that uh, if we fo- if put our focus on the word of God, then God himself will come and materialize that same word. Let's just check what the prophet says here in Believing God, uh, paragraph 81. When a divine promise is made, God is solely under oath and obligation to take care of any of his promises. And he is the... God is not worth no more than what his word is worth. If that word is not effective, then God is not effective. That is God. You believe it is God. The Bible said, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And I'm, I'm worth no more than my word, and you are worth no more than your word. So we see how serious the word is. Because if you believe the word, the same word will make you being resurrected because God himself will come for the word bride. Amen. So it's important to believe the word of God. <clears throat> we want to check again here in the book of expectation what the prophet says. Expectation chapter, uh, expectation page 9 from paragraph 33. I like I like that. See, it's positive. God said so. That, says, that settles it. When God ever makes a decision, he has to make it eternal. Now I can make a decision. Five minutes, I have to go back and make another one. Because I was mistaken in that one. You can too, because we are finite. But God being infinite cannot make a mistake. He is the infallible, omnipotent, omnipresent, infinite God. Amen. When his decision is made, is settled forever. He can't come back and say, I was wrong. He cannot do it. And if God made the decision in the beginning, that on faith, if we believe his word, he would make every promise come true. Then God still is the infinite God to his promise. He cannot fail. It must be that way. It's positive. You have to hit the spot if you would take his word, believe it. Now, if you would have said, well, like church says, our ministers say, that the days of miracle is past. God doesn't heal the people anymore. If God was ever called on the saint to a sick man and healed him upon the base of his faith, if another sick man comes to him, he's going to do the same thing or he acted wrong when he healed the first man. If he gives the one the Holy Ghost that obeyed him in the Bible, exactly as he promised there in Acts, he said the promise unto you and to your children, them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call, if a man meets those qualifications, God is obligated by his way to fill him with the Holy Ghost. Because if he didn't, then he made a mistake. And if God made a mistake, he is a man. And not God, he is finite like we are. So you see, as Abraham's children, we tell God's promise and just hold on to it. No matter what takes place, we hold right there just the same. Because God says so. And that settled, that settles it. Now you can't bluff it. You have got to have it. 
You just can't bluff it. It won't bluff. Satan is not, he knows whether you are bluffing or not. But when you are bluffing, he knows it also. When something angers down in your heart that you know that is so, then something is going to happen. So this is the promise to us, friends. This is clear that our God doesn't play games. He is really serious when it comes to his word. And he's very jealous when it comes to his word. We know that all the, the universe that we see, it came by the word of God. He just spoke it, let them earth and heavens. Then no matter how long it, it took, but because it was his word, it came to materialize. And we know that this whole world was full of water. And he divided it by his word. Every tree and every herb that is yielding, he spoke it into existence by his own word. And it came to materialize. All the crocodiles, the hippopotamus, and everything that we see, it came by the spoken word. Then at last he created a human being in his own image. That was his word, and it came to pass. So we know that God's word is true always. If we speak it, then it comes to materialize. Amen. And we, us being his children, we also got that same nature, that whatever we speak, if it is according to his word, it will come to materialize. Because we are the Messiah, we are the small God. So we are, we are being driven by that promise. It is automatically, it is supposed to come to pass. Amen. Let me read this testimony as we continue on. <clears throat> Making, make the valley full of ditches. That was preached in 1953-0609. Make the valley full of ditches, 9 June 53, paragraph 3. A lady in my church, Bra Bila, Miss Weber, she was dying with the TB. She was in the sanatorium at the last stages. They sent her home to die, saying there is nothing could be done for her. Miss Grace Webb by Jefferson Vale. She lived just beyond the tabernacle, and she had got five or six little children. So the angel of the Lord came to me that night and said, Go and tell Miss Weber and Mr. Weber rather to get things ready, for he's going to be left with those children on his hands. For his wife is going. Well, I went and told Mr. Weber. I told his little girl, little Jean Rose, which is a nurse now. She was a little bit fellow then. She is young lady now. It's been seven years ago or more. I said, now, Jean, your mother is going to die. She can't live, but a little while longer. And two days after that, or three days, there were some ladies from the government depot there where she would come in. And she and Grace... Miss Weber said, if I could only have Brother Billy to pray for me once more, she said, seen when my cousin Opa was healed with that cancer, and the doctor just gave her until morning to leave, and a daughter and a nurse also said, and that the, the girls from out at the government where she worked with her said, there ain't nothing from that guy. He is nothing but a hypocrite. Said, that's all that religion is. It's just a bunch of fake fanatism, fanaticism. And so Miss Weber said, look, I'm dying, and I know that, but I just want to stand still for that. She said, I know better than that. She said, I believed right here around this city, around that man all the time. I seen him from a child, growed up. She said, I know the man's life, and I know it's the truth. And it happened to be the angel of the Lord heard that. And that very night, sitting on the side of my chair in the room, after I got up and went and got a, a drink of water about three o'clock in the morning, and sitting on a chair, I seen him come walking through the door. He said, tomorrow, and that was Sunday, 
that they are going to pick Miss Webb up and bring her down. She will be sitting on the right hand side, far back in the tabernacle, said, I heard her. What she said, and, and tell, I, I heard her. What she said, I heard her. What she said, and tell her, yeah, and tell her, that says the Lord, she will live, not die. There you are. You can go down and see her. If you like, if you like to be about seven, if you like, it would like to be about seven years ago. All right, see, his presence was there when she was taking up for what was right. See, his presence was there and he found her. So he came and told me what she had said. What she said to this woman and, and said, he had respect to her because she had respect to what was representing God. So God would do the same thing for you. Not to respect me, but to respect to him, to Christ, the one who died for your healing. If you give respect to him and his word, God will do the work for you. Amen. That is right. So it's very important, friends. You see, this sister was supposed to die with cancer. And even God told Brother Branham that the sister is going to die. They must just get ready. But you see, the attitude of the sister bring God back on the sand. The same God that says, Sister Weber, you're going to die. He came back again because of Sister Weber's attitude. The critics were there to criticize Sister Weber. And said, you are going to Brother Branham, it's just a fake, of, uh, just fake fanatism. There's nothing there, you see. But he said, no, keep quiet. I know this man. I grew around this man. I know people that have been healed around this man. And even my cousin, Opa, was suffering from cancer, given even one day to live. But he, because of the prayer of Brother Bill, he came back to life. So that positive attitude that this sister was having, it touched God. In such a way that at that very moment, God sent an angel to Brother Branham and said, go and tell that sister that she is going to live. So we see how important it is to speak positive things always. In most cases, when we face situations or when you are in the valley of darkness, sometimes we complain so much in such a way that we speak negative ways. But by speaking negative ways, we offend the angel. But if we speak positive ways, we attract the angel. There is some words that we speak that can chase angels away. And there are some words that we speak that can accommodate angels. So you must be careful what you are speaking in your house. Are you speaking something to attract heavens? Or you are speaking something to chase the heaven atmosphere away from you? Because this is a serious issue, friends. God is watching whatever we speak in our houses. God is watching whatever we speak at work. Whatever we speak at school, God is watching. There is angels around us. Because the Bible says the angel of the Lord and he came back around to them that fear him. So we must be careful in whatever we say. Lest we can chase angels away from our life. There, there is a sister called Sister Toka in Zimbabwe. This sister, she was going through a trouble. One of her kids, actually, she was not uh, behaving all right. You know how it is as parents when your child is not behaving right. You get grieved, you get in pain. So she was just praying for this child for quite some time. I said until one morning, as she was listening to a tape, then she heard from a tape that uh, sister, uh, sister Legs, you whatever burden you have, it is finished. Toka is a Shona name that means Legs. So the sister identified himself in the tape that was spoken by the brother Branham. The tape was preached maybe in America. 
And the sister that was addressed was Sister Legs. And in Zimbabwe, that sister, his name is Toga, which means Legs. So you see how it is important sometimes to take, to take God at his word. This testimony happened in America. But that sister has got a positive attitude toward the same promise. And it worked to her. That those children, they behave nice as from that time. Because he take God to his situation. And it worked to himself. You see in reading spoken words or listening to the tape sometimes, there's sometimes when you, you say, ah, no, this is where the prophet is just greeting the church and say he's praying for the sick soul. Let me just skip this part and start where he read the spoken word, he read the Bible and he preach. When it comes to the prayer line, you say, ah, this is now prayer line, I'm done. I can't continue. You'll be missing a lot of things. Because while you'll be greeting, there'll be a lot of things that Brother Bram drops in there that can help you. There'll be a lot of demons that will be chased when he just brings some introduction. Even also on the prayer line, there's a lot of crucial issues that Brother Branham will tackle in there that can help you. So if, so if you avoid leaving the, reading the prayer line and reading the introduction, you'll miss a lot of things. Because right in there, you can miss your blessing. So you must be careful when we read. You must read everything from the greeting until it's finished so that you can get your blessing. Amen. There was a certain brother, uh, this was written by Brother Joseph Branham. There was a certain brother in, in Kenya. So this brother, uh, he asked for some spoken words from Brother Joseph Branham. And uh, Brother Branham, uh, Brother Joseph Branham sent him uh, a lot of spoken words. And this brother was supposed to take those spoken words to uh, a village that was 200 miles from where, where he was staying. And that was during rain season. So uh, that day it was like a little bit of an open day, it was clear. Then he thought to go there. Brother uh, uh, Joseph said he was cycling a bicycle with the boxes of spoken words because he wanted to take the message to that village. So he said, as he was cycling, he, he reached to a place where there was a river. And this river was overflowing. And he didn't know that the river was overflowing. But his heart's desire, he was having that burning desire to go and distribute the spoken words to that village. Then while he was waiting there, he took his jacket and said, Where is the God of Elijah? Hitting the waters, then the waters part ways and he passed through. As soon as he passed through, that water came back again. Then he managed to distribute the spoken word to those places. So we see that if you go, take God at his words, it will work to you. Amen. The same God that makes Jordan to part ways is the same God today. Because the promise says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today and forever. That is the, the God's word. So you must take God at his word. Be like Simon Peter of the old. You remember Simon Peter of the old, they spent the whole night trying to catch the fish. There was nothing that could catch. Amen. Then Jesus Christ came on the scene. He said, uh, children, just let down the net for a drought. They said, but uh, master, we've tried these things for the whole night, but nothing we catch. To the fishermen by experience, you know that if you are fishing, if you don't catch a fish, sometimes you can catch some frogs, tadpoles, and all other things. But your intention is to catch a fish. Amen. So it happens sometimes, even in the mystery of Jesus Christ, there's sometimes when you go try to, uh, to, to, to look for soul that will worship God, then you can say, ah, but this can be a brother, this one. Only to find it's a frog. You think it's looking here, but it's looking back, you see. So it can happen. Those things it happen. They are no more in, in life. Sometimes we can see, maybe may think it's a brother, why is it a pole? So it happens, but what we need is a fish. So you see, Peter did a wonderful thing. He said, at thy word, Lord. He obeyed God's word. And he took Jesus Christ at his word. So you see what happened later. As he let down the net for a drought, you see that they say there was a lot of fish. 
in such a way that he could the, the, the nest could contain. Amen. At that same spot where there was no fish. So we see that this is how our God does things. In that same spot where your trouble is, you come out with the testimony. In that same place where you say, I've been trying, I've been trying, but nothing is showing up. You can come with a, a, a testimony. What is really needed is your attitude toward the promise of God. Just take him at his promise. At thy word, Lord. This is what is very important. Take God at his word. Amen. Brother Billy Paul, he said, uh, this one, this testimony he gave it at, at Pen Harris. He said, you see, uh, I was suffering from colon cancer. Then the other day, I listened to a tape. I forget the name of the tape. Then he said, then he said, it was surprised that while he was having that problem, Brother Branham, before he died, he was already addressed that same problem that he was having in that prison. Then he said, Billy, you are, you are healed. Just imagine how the prophet would foresee that his son is going to suffer from colon cancer before he suffered from colon cancer. And he, Brother Bill, uh, Paul, he took it and believed it and the cancer was gone. So you just take, it as, take him at his word. Then it will work for you. Amen. You take him at his word. Then the, it will materialize. So if you can shake again. Uh, from the Bible, we hear about Mary. Uh, Mary, he read the, uh, the, the promise. He was reading the, uh, the scrolls and he was hearing about the word of God that a virgin shall conceive. Then he went on to meditate upon the scripture. As he was meditating upon the scripture, it attacked the angel. And when the angel came, it gave him a promise that is going to be overshadowed by the Holy Ghost and is going to produce the word of God. So you find there's something that is very important when we meditate upon the word of God. I was told, I don't know whether it's true, but I was told by a certain brother, he was saying, you see the Chinese, what they do, they'll get in a certain room, then they'll meditate upon the light bulb. They'll stay there for two days to three days, just meditating upon that bulb, until that bulb bursted, just because of meditation. If we take that meditation and bring it to the Bible, we'll find a lot of things happen, because God loves meditation. The more you meditate about the word of God, it will attract God. So there's power in meditation. We have to meditate upon the word of God. Then God will appear to you. Now, in that surrounding atmosphere or in that environment where Mary was living, it was tough because there were some critics in the land. It has never happened before that a vision was going to conceive. So people, wherever they were going to fetch some, some water, maybe they would, sit, uh, they would turn their buckets upside down and say, have you ever heard? Have you ever heard? That man is pregnant without a man. This, man. this woman is cheating. Maybe she has cheated the husband. Even the, to the husband, Joseph, it was hard for him. Because he, remember the Bible says he wanted to put Mary privately. He was the brother. He didn't want the sister to be stoned. Because you see, if you commit fornication in the Old Testament, they were going to stone you to death. So he just wanted to be just a gentleman-like. He said, I'll just put him privately. I'll put him private. I want something there where we said, uh, put him private. It's in the book of Matthew, chapter 1. Then I want you to, to catch something there. Uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 19. It says, Then Joseph, his husband, being a just man and not willing to make a public example, was minded to put it away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream and said, Joseph, thou son of David, 
Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. So, there is something that we have to note in verse 20. He says, while he thought on these things. So, the angel or God knows what you are thinking. The angel spoke to Brother Bram that our thoughts are louder in heaven more than the way that we speak. So, we must be careful our, with our mind, what we think. I know it's the battleground, but we must not uh, entertain evil thoughts. Amen. We must meditate upon the word of God. We must, look, we must just keep that environment. Then we can see uh, from the book of Luke chapter 2, verse 25, there was Simeon and Mary. Uh, the, the prophet says, you see Simeon, Simeon was an elderly man. He was old. I want to read something from the book of uh, Expectation, page 11. Okay, Brabram said here, page 11, paragraph 45, it says here, Simeon, a man of great reputation, Simeon was an old sage, and he had a great reputation among the people. If you ever read into his history, he was an honorable man. And could, could you imagine an old, old man there, about at something years old, going around saying, well, you know, I'm not going to die until I see the Lord, the Lord Christ. I can imagine some of the rabbis saying, you know, the poor old fellow is pitiful. Why? The old man is a little off at his head. Why? We've been looking for 4,000 years for the Messiah. Since Eden, as our people look for the Messiah, and here we are in Roman captivity, all circumstances closed, all the evidence that these things are going to happen is closed away from us. We are in bondage. We are not even a nation no more. We are broke up the way we are under the Roman government. And yet this old man with one foot in the grave and the other one leaning and yet he says he's going to see the Lord Christ. Oh, they say, my, that will never happen. But Simeon knew that it was going to happen. I can imagine some of the young rabbis saying, well, just let the old fellow alone. He's harmless. He won't, he won't hate nobody. But he's going around here testifying to everybody. He's, he's going to do this and going to do that. And he's going to live to see Messiah coming and all that. Well, Simeon, What's your reason? Why do you say such a thing as that? What makes you say when David looked for him, when Elijah looked for him, and the prophets of old, and they've looked for him through every age, and now the days of miracle is past, and everything darkened out 400 years since we had a prophet, Malachi, and here you are. You are coming saying you are not going to die until you see the Messiah. How do you know that's going to be true? For it was revealed, it was revealed to me by the Holy Ghost. There, there is his foundation. That must be your foundation. That must be my foundation. When the Holy Spirit reveals it to us and it's according to the word, there's nothing going to stop it when it's revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. And you look here and it's promised in the word. Now, divine link is promised in the word. Now the Holy Spirit revealed to you that he has died to heal you the same as save you. Then, then come with expectation to receive it. And God will certainly see that you get it. So we see that if something is revealed to you by the Holy Ghost, there's no demon from hell that can stop it from you. You won't stop until that thing is materializing in your life. He was an old man. To them guys, he was just like a funny man. Because the Messiah actually spent some, quite some time without coming. But we can see that this man believes it because it was revealed to him. 
Let me tell you, my brother, my sister, if you believe that Jesus Christ is, go- is going to come and you believe it, it will come to materialize. If you are expecting to see Jesus, you will see him. Because Jesus Christ only appeared to the people that are expecting him. We can see even Mary, the one who was a widow. He was expecting not to depart until he see the Messiah. And he was glad to see the Messiah. So we see all people in the, uh, down the ages, as they were expecting to see the Messiah, they, man- they managed to see the Messiah. That's the same thing between me and you. If you want to see the Messiah in spiritual form, you can meet him right now. Because we know that in this time, or in this dispensation, when the dispensation of the Holy Ghost, and he, he, uh, God is knocking at each and everybody's heart, uh, finding a heart that can be opened wide, and he will come and dwell with you. Because he said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door, I'll come and stop with you. So you find that the Holy Ghost is ready to get to each and every individual that is ready to receive him. We know that Philip was expecting the Messiah and he was glad to see the Messiah. He went and called his brother Nathaniel. And his brother Nathaniel came. Jesus Christ said, I saw you even before Philip called you while he was on your knees. Because they were expecting to see the Messiah. As long as you expect to see the Messiah, you will see the Messiah. It's a promise that Jesus Christ is coming. As long as you believe, you will see him. The same one that will fill you now is the same one that will come to take you. But when he's coming to take you, he will be in a glorified body. But now he's in the, he's, he's the Holy Ghost dispensation. In this Holy Ghost dispensation, he's working with you. How? Because he's bringing these 600 promises into existence. Or he's bringing these 600 promises into manifestation. Amen. So what is very important is for you to believe. You have to believe God. Then everything will come, will come to pass. We heard of the three wise men. You see, if you check the spoken words like the great shining light, and we have seen his time, they've come to worship him. The prophet, as he was dramatizing about the three wise men, he said those people, they were reading the scripts of Daniel. And in the, in the scripts of Daniel, it was written there, uh, some, some words like, uh, those that knew their gods, shall do exploits. Words like uh, a rock that was hewn down without hands is going to crush all the kingdoms, something along those lines. You know that uh, there was a Babylonian kingdom, there was a Grecian kingdom, there was a, a, a Roman kingdom, and all those four, four kingdoms according to how we are taught in the book of Daniel. So these guys, they knew that there was going to be a greater kingdom more than all this kingdom. And that kingdom was the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. So these Medio-Persians or these Indians, they believe in the coming of Jesus Christ. So the prophet says, while they were having their conference, studying the heavenly bodies, they see a bright star coming. Then they were surprised and they were puzzled. They stood spellbound. Then they started to search the scripts of Daniel. Is there any promise that is going to happen? Then they realized that there must be a Messiah on the scene. Then they uh, planned their journey from, uh, from India until they came to Jerusalem. The prophet said they spent something like two years. It wasn't easy. It took people that were driven with promise. People that were, were, fo- were having focus in life. You see, as those guys were coming, they didn't come without nothing. They came with some gifts. But to my surprise, as they reached Jerusalem, people that were religious right in Jerusalem, they were not realizing that was going on. They were reading in the book of Micah about, the, uh, about what is going to come out of Bethlehem, out of Judah, that the governor shall come out of Judah, but they didn't recognize when it was uh, coming to manifestation. Then as these people were coming, they say while they were there in, in, in Jerusalem, then their uh, GPS lost network because of the creeds and the documents and everything. So this clearly shows us that actually 
God has Chris dogmas. There is a certain darkness that goes with Chris dogmas and human idea. God only begs his word. So these guys were surprised. We've seen, he's seen his star. We've come to worship him. Herod was troubled. Is there any scripture about Christ that must come on earth? Then they, they took the Bible. They read, oh yes, there must be somebody from the from the root, from Judah. They realize that Christ was on earth. And instead of saying, okay, let's join these three wise men for a great big convention, Herod was jealous. If I if it was me, Herod, I would say, oh, at least the Messiah is around the corner. At least the Messiah is on the scene. Let's join in worship. That was time to worship. But the vision that the wise men were having and the vision that Herod and those guys were having it was different. These three wise men were driven with the promise. But these wise men were just religious people of the law, but they were not, not having nothing as far as promise is concerned. But you see, these guys, as soon as they get out from those denominational sect, they, uh, they saw the star again to guide them. So you see that it's dangerous to stay where there is a, a place on the doctrine. That's right. You must stay where you are free, spiritually fed. You must stay where you feed from above. You, because you remember the Bible says uh, you must not add or subtract. So it's dangerous to stay in, a, uh, in an atmosphere where there's addition and subtraction. You must stay where you feed from above. Amen. So these guys, as they got out of this, this uh, Jerusalem, they, they were led by the Spirit. So as they were led by the Spirit, they reached, they reached, as they were led by the light, they reached straight to where Mary was. When they reached where Mary was, they bowed down and worshipped. So these people, they knew what they were doing. As they were bowing down and worship, they started to present the gifts. Then the prophet came and said, you see, they presented gold. And gold, it was representing the deed of Jesus Christ. Then they presented the frankincense, And the frankincense was representing the service. Then he, after that, they presented the mirror. The mirror was representing death. So it was, all in all, it was that Jesus Christ will be feeling God in service to death. To die for who? To die for me and you. So this is what, the, what was happening to the wise men. They were focusing on the scripture. They were focusing on the spoken word. They were focusing on the promised word according to what Daniel was uh, had already written. So we can just see that Daniel actually, while he, he was in uh, Ur of Chaldeans or in Babylon, he was having such an impact. Because you, you find you re- these people, for them to, to get all these scripts, it was because of Daniel. So Daniel was playing an important role right there in a strange land. So sister, brother, you must have an impact wherever you are. You must have an impact at work, impact at church, impact at school in such a way that even if you, if you change the place, they will say, but there used to be another sister here. There used to be to another brother that was speaking about the Bible. You will leave history. You will leave the impact. You will leave the influence. Do you know that some of the people that we speak about, uh, uh, some of the people that we talk to about the word, they will repent later. That's why Brother Brown said the heavens were full of surprise. Because now you can speak with him, he seems to ignore. But sometimes when he's in London, that light can flash and he say, oh, but there used to be another sister that used to tell us about the word. There used to be another brother that we work with. He used to tell us about the word. He was telling us about these things. Then all of a sudden he repairs. Then while you on the other side, you can see, oh, this is the one. Then he'll tell you, yeah, later the light flashed. Then I have to, to repent. You understand? You remember Brother Branham when he was speaking about the Woods family? He said those guys, when they caught the revelation, they thought about an old granny mama that used to speak about them about, about the Bible. 
So it's always like that. So don't give up when it comes to share somebody about the word of God. Some people don't repent now, but they will repent. You see, you will see them on the other side. So you must see, just be careful of that part. <clears throat> if we just go to the book of Joshua chapter 1. The Bible says here, Okay, I'll start from verse 6 to 9. There shall, not, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and be of good courage. For unto these people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper with us however, with us however thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt make the rain day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written the end. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have a good success. Have I not commanded thee, be strong and be of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whether however thou goest. So we see it is clear here that every human being, for him to be prosper, he must just observe the book of the law. We know that the word of God comes to a prophet, always through down the generation. The word of the Lord will come to a prophet. Amos 3 7 says, The Lord will do nothing unless he reveals to his servants the prophets. So now uh, Moses was dead, and Moses to our age represents the prophet William Marion Branham. Then Joshua represents the bride. You remember while Moses was, was still alive, a little bit uh, background, he sent uh, actually, the, while Moses actually, <clears throat> while Moses was still alive, there was a time when uh, there were people that were sent to spy the land, and as they spied the land, they came with a bad report. So those ten spies, they were saying, no, no, we're just grasshoppers before them. But if you can check to the testimony of Joshua and Caleb, those people were saying we are more than able to possess the land. They take God at his word. They came back with the graves as an evidence. Just like as Jesus Christ, as he died and rose, he sent back the Holy Ghost back to the church for us to continue with the work. So let's stand as Joshua and Caleb, people that stand for their promise. You see, when we are standing for the promise, it's regardless of the situation. We just take God at his word. Because you find situation arises, but it doesn't mean that God's word is false. Because sometimes the devil brings situations that might prove that God is a liar. That the devil is very good in doing those things. But you must not believe the devil. You must believe his word. And the other thing to consider is that the war is not ours, but it's his. This is exactly what was revealed to Joshua and Caleb. They really know that they depend on God for all. And when they were told to go around Jericho six times, then the seventh they will blow the trumpet. As they imagined and they obey, the walls crumble. Because what happened? They obey God's word. As long as you, you take a march according to God's word, you see God will back you up. But if you do things without God, then you are, are likely to be a disappointed person. But if you start with God, then you end up with God. 
And it's also always hard. Like you start alone, then you want God to be on the scene later. You start with God, you end with God. Then you get help at the end. You remember Brother Branham was trying to run away from God. While God was calling him. You remember there was a voice that was always speak to him. Don't drink, don't smoke or defile yourself with women. And this voice continued to speak to him for quite some time. But the man was trying to run away from God. So we want to read something here. About two years later, while testing meters, this, this part you see it from Life Story. About two years later, while testing meters in the meter shop at the gas works in New Alban, I was overcome with gas and for weeks I suffered from it. I went to all doctors I knew. I could get no relief. I suffered with the acid stomach caused from the effects of gas. It grew worse all the time. I was taken to specialist in Louisville, Kai. They finally said it was my appendix and said I had to have an operation. I could not believe it, for I never had a pain in my side. The doctor said they could do no more for me until I had an operation. Finally, I agreed to have it done, but I insisted that they use a local anesthetic so that I could watch the operation. Oh, I wanted someone to stand by me that knew God. I wanted someone to stand by me that knew God. I believe in prayer, but could not pray. So the minister from the First Baptist Church went with me to the operating room. When they took me from the table to my bed, I felt myself getting weaker and weaker all the time. My heart was hardly beating. I felt death upon me. My breath was getting shorter all the time. I knew I had reached the end of my road. Oh, friend, wait until you get there once, then you will think of a lot of things you have done. I knew I had never smoked, drank, or had any unclean habits, but I knew I was not ready to meet my God. My friend... If you are only a cold former church member, you know when you reach the end that you are not ready. So if, if that is all you know about my God, I ask you right here to get down on your knees and ask Jesus to give you that experience of being born again. Like that he told Nicodemus about in John chapter 3. And oh, how the joy bells will ring. Praise his name. It began to grow dark in the hospital room as though it were in great woods. I could hear the wind blowing through the leaves, yet it seemed a great way off in the forest. You have probably heard a puff of wind blowing the leaves coming closer and closer to you. I thought, well, this is death coming to take me. Oh, my soul was to meet God. I tried to pray but could not. Closer the wind came, louder and louder. The leaves rattled and all at once I was gone. It seems then that I was back again, a little barefooted boy, standing that lane under the same tree. I heard that same voice that said, never drink or smoke. And the leaves I had were the same that blew in that tree that day. But this time the voice said, I called you and would not go. It repeated the third time. Then I said, Lord, if that is you, let me go back again to earth and I'll preach your gospel from the housetops and the street corners. I will tell everyone about it. When this vision had passed, I found that I had never felt better. My surgeon was still in the building. He came and looked at me and was surprised. He looked as though he thought... I would be dead. Then he said, I am not a church-going man. My practice is so great, but I know God has visited this boy. Why he said that, I don't know. No one had said anything about it. If I had known then what I know now, I would have risen from that bed shouting, praising to his name. After a few days, I was allowed to return home, but I was still sick and was forced to wear glasses on my eyes 
because of astigmatism. My head shook when I looked at anything for a moment. I started out to seek and find God. I went from church to church trying to find some place where there was an old-fashioned altar call. They said the part was I could find none. I said that if I ever was a Christian, I would really be one. A means that had me make me the remark said, Now, Billy boy, you are going off in fanaticism. I said that if I ever got religion, I wanted to feel it when it came just as the disciples did. So, okay, let me just finish this, then we we'll continue on and uh, later close. It says, Oh, praise his name. I got a religion later on, and still I have it, and by his help I'll keep it always. One night, I became so hungry for God, and really experienced that I went out to the old shake back of the house and tried to pray. I did not know how to pray then, so I just began to talk to him like I would do anyone else. All at once, there came a light in the shade and formed a cross, and the voice from the cross spoke to me in a language. I could not understand. And then he went away. I was spellbound. When I got to myself again, I prayed, Lord, if that is you, please come and talk to me again. I had been reading my Bible since. I had been home from the hospital. And I had read in John 4, Beloved, believe not all spirits, but try them, they be of God. I knew that a spirit had appeared to me. And I said, I prayed, it appeared again. Then it seemed to me that there had been a thousand pounds lifted from my soul. I jumped up and ran to the house and seemed as though I was running on the air. Brother, sister, there's time when we just come to church and go back. There's time when we just be a church member. There's time when we just be satisfied by being brother and sister, but that is not enough. There come a time where you really need an experience with God. Something that will change your life. Something that will change the sinful life away from you. And you let Jesus Christ come into your life. Brother Branham says, any bed is a mess. When it comes to birth, you paint it through. When it comes to, to, to birth or when it comes to bring Christianity to, into this world, it's not easy. You go through tough times. You go through fasting. You go through prayers. You go through reading the word of God. We are not the people that believe that days of fasting are over. They are still available. As long as we want a close walk with God. You have that time to fast. You have to read the word. You have to pray. You must have a real relationship with God. The Holy Ghost has to come down into your life. But Jesus Christ is kind for the people that are filled with the Holy Ghost. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, then you are on a dangerous ground. The Holy Ghost is the promise of this day. You must have that Holy Ghost to lead us. You must have that Holy Ghost to guide us. If we don't have the Holy Ghost, then we are in a dangerous state. You remember? Actually, I remember in around 2002, when they were preaching about the Holy Ghost and about the coming of the Lord. It seemed as if Jesus Christ was going to come the next minute. And we were so serious in such a way, you take the spoken word, and it was hard for us even to eat food. You go to the jungle, spend the whole day reading. What is the Holy Ghost? What is, was it given for? Trying to check, and we pray, and, until God came and helped us. So this is how it goes about, friends. You don't get it on a flower bed of ease. Because heaven is real, friends. If we are saying we are going to heaven, then we don't have to play around. If we are saying we are the bread of Jesus Christ, it must not only be a profession. We must just take it a business with God. But Abraham said, if you draw nigh to God, you draw nigh to you. If we take business with God, you take business with you. He spoke of uh, Uncle Bad, uh, uh, Bad uh, this, this man, an elder man who was a farmer. I forget the name. Okay, Uncle, okay, I forget the name, but I'll recall. Then he said, this man, while he was, while, while he was busy farming, uh, he re- came to a situation where he really needed God. While right there in, in this farm, he prayed, he said, uh, Lord, if you don't come and fill me with the Holy Ghost, 
you find my pile of bones here. That was determination. Each and everyone must come to a situation where you must have that determination. That is, Lord, you have to come down or I perish. If you come to that situation, then God is duty bound to come. Because it is real that God is real. When you see the heaven, the earth, it shows that there's an existing God. If you see that there's an existing God, then if he gave the promise, it must materialize in our life. The Bible says, the Lord himself will descend with a shout, with a voice, and the trump of God. So we know that that is the promise of the day. When we come, we are driven for that, with that promise. We know that there is going to be a rapture of, of, of one of these days. And the shout is already going forth because the message is going forth. This is the promised word. This is what God, this is what the prophet says. So if it is the message going forth, this is the message. Because the prophet was told, store up the food. And this is the food that was told to, to, uh, to store. We are living in a day, actually, where the Bible says people will be starving. They will be having that hunger, hunger for the weight. But we must say, praise God, because all what the bride needs is then the tapes and the spoken words. This is where we get our food. This is where we get our pressuring faith. This is where we get everything that will make us uh, make it for that great eternal day. So we must be ready. We must open our eyes. If Brother Bram said we are the final voice to the final age. So if you are the final voice to the final age, you must have a reflection of a really final voice to final age. Sometimes whatever, sometimes some of the things that we do shows that we are not the final voice to the final age. Because sometimes, that's why Brother Bram sometimes in a certain quotation you find him say, uh, there are some people that say we are believing the second coming of Jesus Christ, but they are building multi-million buildings while missionaries are starving in the fields. They don't have vision for the coming of Jesus Christ. They are professing this, but the way they live doesn't show up that they are serious with that they are talking about. So if we are saying we are waiting for Jesus Christ to come, our life must show that these are people that are waiting for Jesus, uh, Jesus Christ to come. You remember the rich man, the rich man in Chicago? The, the son of a rich man in Chicago, as I'm closing. The son of a rich man in Chicago, he gave a, actually was looking for, for a girl to marry right in the farms. Because right in, in Chicago, those ladies were sexy queens, painted face, jersey boys, and so on. So he was desiring to, uh, to marry somebody with, of good character, somebody that behaved nice. So he went to the farms thinking that maybe you're going to get a nice lady there. Unfortunately, the first spot that he hit, it was ladies that were busy carrying on, wearing the same thing that he saw in Chicago City. Painting their face, long nails, miniskirts and everything. That was even contrary to the word of God. So as he was going around trying to check, just maybe by chance or I can get somebody that is better. Right at the back side of the kitchen, there was a little girl that was busy washing the clothes, washing the dishes, that was busy scrubbing the floor, doing this and that. Then he realized, Something says to him, that's him, that's here, that's here. This is what Jesus Christ is coming for. This is what Jesus Christ is looking for, for a character. He doesn't look for sex, he's not coming for sexy queens. He's not coming for painted face Jezebels. He's coming for a bride without spot or ringo. That is the promise of this day. If he says he's coming for a bride without spot or ringo, no matter how the situation seems to look like, but that is the promise, he's coming for a bride without spot or ringo. If he promised it, then it's going to come to pass. No matter how dark the world may be, but it will come to pass. You remember that uh, the son of a rich man, he told this young girl that I'm coming back to marry you. He went and left the little girl with that joy in his heart because she felt that she doesn't deserve. That is what we are. We don't deserve this grace. But she gave us this grace. Amen. We are just, there's nothing that we can say we did this, we did that. But it's through his grace 
that we are believers. So as he went there, the prophet says he left some of the messengers that, you know, just check this little girl whether, whether it's misbehaving or something. If ever there's a negative report, you give me back the report. So always the messengers were sending message, you know, the girl is behaving nice. Everything is fine. There's no problem. And while the little girl was also busy budgeting for a wedding garment, until that little money that he was having, he managed to, she managed to get the wedding garment. So it's important also while preparing for Jesus Christ to get the wedding garment. That is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because the, 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 the king's son is going to come. So we, we know that the prophet says, you see, the way we live and whatever we, we do, there are some angels that are busy going to and from, giving some reports. Today he was praying. Today she was testifying. Today she was doing this. Today she is helping the poor. Today he visits the prison. Today he is visiting the hospital. He's doing this and that. This is what we must do, having good report always. Won't it be wonderful when angels will bring good reports of our life every day? It will be such a wonderful thing. So as the rich man came uh, uh, on the horses, before the rich man came actually, these uh, cousins, they mocked this young lady when he was saying, no, there was a rich man's son here, he promised to marry me, he said, ah, well, now you are lying. The way you are, you think that rich man can come to a, such a lad like you. He said, but yes, he promised me that you come and marry me. He said, I can't come and marry you, leaving us some shine, sex queens, and so on. You understand? But it came a time when the rich man's son came. He only came for that little bride. That's the same thing with us. There's a lot of denominations around, but there's that one little bride. Jesus Christ is going to come for that little bride. Whereas he will be coming, he will coming to take, a, to, to take that bride away. That is a church without spot or ringo. May God bless you, richness, stand to our feet. As musicians come, I'm asking for a song that says, when upon the clouds of heaven, Christ shall come to earth again. Upon the clouds of heaven, Christ shall come again. When upon the clouds of heaven, Christ shall come to heaven. Oh! 
Philip Mafagaza, your Fagaza to well. Amen. Amen. Fagaza means a witness. Amen. Uh, driven by a promise. Now, you can only know a promise when you know the age of the promise. Amen. If you if you expect to get into the physical act. It is the right promise, but for a wrong age. Amen. You must understand God's season, your time, so that you can recognize your message and your time. Amen. You must recognize your age and its message. Are we together? Amen. So we really appreciated the Lord driven by a promise. Amen. Uh, what a, one, one thing that we are picking up is that people don't know the season in which we are in. We are in the rapture season, and yet people are relaxed. And I think my brother was trying to drive a point that when you are in the rapture season, you have to be driven by the rapture. Amen. Some people are just too casual. Uh, and you wonder if the rapture was to take place, I think it would take them by surprise. But the rapture is not going to take you by surprise. It is coming for the people that are expectant of the rapture. Amen. God is not a respecter of any person. We appreciate the message this evening. We appreciate the message on Sunday, the way bright. It was absolutely the bridal diet. Amen died for the season. Let's just bow our heads and thank God. Gracious Heavenly Father, we just want to appreciate you this evening. You have come in such a simple manner to speak to us about the matters of promise. Dear God, there are promises lotted for this season. Our desire is that we must never miss any of the promises. Our brother has mentioned about how the Lord himself will descend with a shout. And that shout is the message of the hour. And the voice of the archangel, our prophet says, is the voice of the resurrection and the sound of the trumpet which calls us to the wedding supper. Dear God, we know that we are right in the midst of that process. Help us, dear God, to be conscientized of the severity of this hour. Because, Lord, one day on the other side, you will look back and say, I wish so-and-so was here. I wish so-and-so was here. Dear God, let us not wish. Let us encourage one another so that we make it on the other side. And, Lord, here are the believers tonight. The some have come. And, Lord, may you bless them abundantly. Those that are sick and afflicted, I'm praying, dear God, may you intervene in their lives. 
and Heavenly Father, we take every spirit under the control of the Holy Spirit as we'll be leaving this place, going back home. We need the traveling mercy. May you be the one that will drive our vehicles. The same atmosphere that we had in church, help us to take the same atmosphere in our household. That is our desire. We bless our brother, his ministry, bless for his family, whatever his goals may be. Continue to grant your revelation unto him so that he can be of the benefit to the body ministry. That is our desire. We commit everybody here to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you richly. So we'll see you on Sunday. Sunday we are going to speak about the trail of the serpent. Amen. The trail of the serpent. Yes, Brother Branham says, I wanted to preach on the trail of the serpent. He never preached about it, but we are going to preach about it. Amen. God bless you richly. Just keep on praying for us. And thank God for the traveling mercy. Amen. Always when I'm gone, I want to come and just enjoy the Wednesday service just to pick up where the anointing left off on Sunday. Amen. Just give us a song. Uh, I don't know, for some reason, I think the brothers are saving electricity with aircons. I don't know. We're just shivering. Some were shivering right under the aircon. So I thought maybe we are the church that is going green. Amen. Uh, but uh, what can we say? We've, I think we've saved money for the trustees for whatever reason. I don't know. Amen. Just give us a song till we see you on Sunday. Bless. Uh, uh, may the Lord bless us richly. Amen. Either we'll be on the trail of the serpent or Brother Robert, uh, Brother Richard Dioka, the father, might be here. Amen. So you just pray either of the two. God bless you richly. Give us a song.